Hey guys, and welcome back to the Creative Influencer Show, a weekly podcast talking about all things business, goals, Muskoka vibes, and how to get your next project off the ground running. I have been building and designing Muskoka properties for almost two decades, and it's crazy how time flies. My name is Amanda McLennan, owner and designer of RB Furniture Shop, an RB design located in beautiful Port Carling, Muskoka, Canada. I'm an entrepreneur at the core with an incredible design team, mom to my three amazing kids who fill my heart with so much joy. I have a huge love for surfing with a big goal that I've just managed to recently achieve, nailing a very dirty 360 this summer in Muskoka, my CrossFit tribe, great coffee, and of course, Nutella. So what is the freaking deal, guys? The Creative Influencer Podcast, it's a brand new platform that I am so excited to share because I love talking and most of the time, I won't stop chatting. So here's a quick who, where, and why I ended up playing in your ears. So what feels like a little while back, and if I'm being honest, it was two decades ago, I made a huge move from the city to Muskoka to start a career in interior design. I took a beat up old car and a huge heart filled with creativity, and I made my way north on Highway 400. I was young, free of responsibilities, and I landed a huge internship at a design firm with an incredible opportunity to work on some of the most magazine-worthy projects here along the shorelines of Lake Muskoka. At the time, I was just a junior and I was so happy to submerge myself into my passion. And hey guys, I would have literally done anything to spend a moment with a talented architect, a lead designer, a big client, anything. I just wanted to absorb everything like a big old vision board. Okay guys, so let's jump in and get started. I know that you guys are going to love this episode. Okay, guys, so before we get started, I wanted to share this amazing opportunity and join our RB mail list to receive 15% off your first online order. Who does not want to save? Our team has been working so hard on new arrivals and introductions, and our website is fresh and ready for the 2022 season. So make sure you head over to the website and see all the new introductions at rbfurnitureshop.com or give us a follow on Instagram where you can see most of our projects, arrivals, and daily store stories, which most of them are the unglamorous life of myself. But you can watch a lot of unedited bloopers and, of course, get some giggles in. Okay, guys, so let's dive into episode 33. And on this episode, we are talking specifically about challenging your leadership. This is going to be in a multi-part podcast, so this is part one. And I just want to take a moment to celebrate all of the hardworking students and junior design physicians that we mentor here at Red Bean. Gosh, man, I love being a leader. And simply put, it just makes my heart skip a beat when I can teach and mentor somebody in a moment, it's just, it's so honorable to be able to have that in my life. And we are grateful that we partner with Conestoga College and we offer co-op positions every spring. And it has been such a joy. We've done this for the past couple of years. And every year I'm just amazed by the talent that comes out of the school, the hardworking dedication. A lot of these students are living out of town 
and they are just like, they show up to work every day and man, they're just like, the world is ready for you guys. So well done. We also co-op um, high school students as well. And I'm part of Opening Doors Muskoka. And often I'm there. I know we haven't been able to run that because of COVID for the past couple of years, but that is in a little bit more of a junior elementary setting where we talk to grade seven and eight students. Um, and I just, I, it's just such an honor. It's an honor to be able to get up on stage and be able to speak and talk to people about a career in building construction, investments, design, all of that good stuff. So guys, I hope that you're able to take some of my mentorship and advice and apply that into the world. And hopefully that sprinkles a little bit of awesomeness for you to be able to go and walk your path and do your stuff. And man, you guys should be so proud of yourself. So well done, well done, because I have been such Oh, it's just been such joy being able to do that for people. Guys, I've honestly, it's like, it's so hard being a teacher. It's freaking hard work and so hard some days. Like a big shout out to those guys, like teachers have just gone recently back to school and as they make our way, you know, back to their classrooms, teachers, leaders, coaches, parents, man, you guys are the people that make the difference. So keep going because I am here cheering you on even in the hard days. I have spent so much time researching and reading on how to be an effective and more intentional leader, especially when it comes to leading through challenges. And man, challenging times are difficult. It's really, really hard to be such a strong leader when times start getting difficult. Not everybody should be a leader out there. And I would argue too that sometimes when we are leading, we should be able to dig a little bit deeper to do a better job on our leadership skills. So I wanted to share this because if you don't already know, I'm a huge book nerd and I read about one book a week and I started that challenge a few years ago and man, it just stuck. And I can say with deep confidence today that I am a better person today than what I was yesterday because I am filled with so much more knowledge now. The books that I have read that really, really stand out for me on leadership and guys, Most of the times when I'm offering books is because my mentors that I am listening to, whether that be Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, if it's Brendan Bouchard, Mel Robbins, Rachel Hollis, like all of these really key essential personal development coaches, if they are offering books up for read, I'm generally the first person that's going to read them. So I've read a lot of their books that they've recommended. And for me, over the course of time, that sort of just like evolved into, you know, something else. If I've read Brene Brown's, you know, books, it's something else. It's Rachel Hollis. And it's sort of like that, you know, sort of snowball effect. So three books that really stand out for me that I think are a great investment read on leadership specifically. Brene Brown is an industry like Gosh, man, she, if you've ever seen, if if you've listened to any of her, like her TED, her TED um, talks that she's given, Dare to Lead is a great book. She's written many, many books, but Dare to Lead is a great book. It's by Brene Brown. She is a phenomenal person, a phenomenal woman, and just such a huge, huge person in the personal development stage. So must read from her. Good to Great by Jim Collins is another really great book. I don't think specifically it talks more about like style of leadership. It talks about how to take your companies from good to great. And that is very powerful because I think that that really, you can't do that without great leadership. So another great book. And the other, the last one that I read, and I read this book such a long time ago, it was one of the first books that I started reading. I have like, uh, like, 
my heart lights on fire for John Maxwell. So the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, such a great book. Love it. It's very, very worth the investment read on it, specifically on leadership. So no matter how you shake it, being a great leader, it's tough. And guys, I'm not talking about leading like the number one development team at Google. I'm talking about leading your small business, leading people that are in your classroom, perhaps. Maybe these are your kids or better yet, even yourself. Being a great leader here at my house, just being, you know, Amanda in mom mode, some days can test a saint's mom strength. And I'm telling you, it's, there are some days that are so challenging in being, you know, an effective leader amongst, especially when you're trying to mentor kids. And I tell myself often that, you know, just like in life, nothing lasts forever and this too shall pass. I'm personal development obsessed. And I'm like the queen of personal development. The first goal that I write down every single day, I journal every single day. And I've talked about this a lot. I've talked about the journals that I use. I use um, Rachel Hollis's journal. So I write down gratitude and then I write down goals. And the number one goal that I write down every single day. So the number one goal that I write down every single day is that I am an intentional an exceptional leader. And I don't write that down in a way that is not a powerful statement. So I don't say that I want to be a good leader. That's complete weak sauce for me. I don't say that one day I want to be a great leader. No, these are goals that you need to write down as if they have already happened because it triggers your brain in thinking that this is already alive. It's already something that you're working on. It's already something that is in the present moment. It's not in the past. It's not looking towards the future. It is something that is happening right now, today. I am an exceptional and intentional leader and mom. I, I put the word mom in there too. So I want I want to share that with you because it's, it's so important to me. And I think having great leadership is such a huge investment into any company, into any you know, place being at home. It's not something that even if you don't have a giant staff team, even if you're working, you know, you work in a small office, you, you still have to, you know, use leadership in lots of different examples. And for me, you know, I don't necessarily, I have a lot of sub trades that I have to work with. And I think being an effective leader when, especially in my job, it is crucial for me to be able to have success when we're looking at taking on larger projects and, you know, all of those great things. I often, I'll be recognized, especially in a store where people will come in, they'll experience the store and they, they, they speak such wonderful things about it. You know, that the store is beautiful. It's got such a great vibe. They walk through, it tells a story. They love all the pillows, the decor, like the windows, the, how they're all beautifully displayed. And that is really nice. And I have so much gratitude for people that are able to share those experiences with me, but I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. That is not me solely doing that stuff. That are That is my team of people that I have that are helping me, you know, to get through a lot of, you know, those, those decor, you know, things. And it's the same thing where it's like, yeah, I might be the face that you see behind, but I have a huge team of people that work behind me doing drawings that are, you know, hours and hours and hours that are spent with that. So even yes, I might be the face of the person that's on that Zoom call. There's a lot of people that are helping me to be able to achieve those goals. So I think in order for them to be able to be led effectively, 
um, being a great leader, being the person that is the forefront of that is crucial in any company. It's crucial in any home life. And I use it a lot on my kids. So I don't want to be just a good leader. Like I want to be an exceptional and intentional leader. And it's so important. I write that down, that goal. It's the number one goal that I write down every single day. And it means the world to me. And it's still something that I am working on. It's still something that I hope that in the next, you know, decade that I really can take something and be an exceptional mentor for a lot of different people, especially in the real estate, investment, design, building sector here in Muskoka. So I was at a business conference a few years ago and I was networking and I was meeting with like lots of different people. They were influencers and like in the personal development sector. And I love guys. I love anything to do with people that are actively trying to better themselves. Anyways, I was coached by one of the personal development coaches and we use these cue cards and I thought that it would be such a great platform to share some challenges to become better intentional and effective leaders. So I'm going to go through them. It's going to be a two-part podcast. There are There's over 20 different challenges, and I think that it's really, really important to grab a pen and pencil. This is something that I think that we will probably post up and do something that's like up up on our website. But their challenges individually that I think speak volumes. I have used these cue cards like I'm I'm kind of a dork. I use them. I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but I would say on a weekly basis for sure. I'm always going through them. I sort of pop up and it's like I'll pick them up and I challenge myself to sort of take that challenge for the day and, you know, sort of walk with it. So I hope that this is effective for you. I hope that you get some joy. I hope you get some knowledge out of it. So grab a pen and paper, take some notes, and here we go for all of the challenges on leadership. Okay, so here we go. So challenge number one, celebrate wins. Make sure that you spend as much time celebrating the achievement of goals as you do setting them and accomplishing them. How are your team members rewarded and recognized when they win? So how do you reward and recognize your team members when you win? And I'm not just talking about like, yeah, there's a big thank you at the end, but how do you intentionally thank them for being able to achieve what you were able to achieve. Challenge number two, show loyalty. When you defend those who are absent, you retrain the trust of those that are present. So when was the last time you gossiped or disparaged someone behind their back? So good, guys. Like, this is so good. When you show loyalty, and I talk about this a lot, I I guess I think about this with like kids because I think that we can tend to sort of like land on that gossip train and it's, it's very hurtful. And especially when a lot of it is untruths and we don't know. And I'm always like speak volumes. If it's not fact, it's fiction. And therefore, should we be talking about it in a fantasy environment? So for my kids, it's like crucial. I really, really, I got teased a lot when I was in school. So I'm like, I'm a big advocate for this. Like I was like a nerd. I was walking around with glasses. I had red hair. I was not in shape and you know, I got teased a lot. So I wanted to make sure that like with my kids, like my experience is very different and I've been affected by that, you know, 
very differently. And I think gossiping is like one, it's like words can hurt sometimes more than war. So I think that uh, showing uh, that is, it's just making sure that you're staying on track with that. So challenge number three is leading difficult conversations. Encumbered on every leader is summoning the courage to take on the undiscussables. I think that that's so true. It's very difficult sometimes to be able to, you know, communicate, especially difficult conversations that you're dreading to have. I recently experienced somebody, there was a staff member that um, he was dreading having a conversation with me and, uh, and I try it. I'm like, I'm like, I try to be a very approachable person, but you know, for him, it was something that he was really struggling with. He had a lot of nerves um, and that's okay. That, that, that's okay. It's okay to feel that way, but you still have to have those difficult conversations, even if you don't want to. So have you avoided a difficult conversation and inadvertently caused the situation to worsen? I mean, that's so good guys. Like, you know, it's sort of like when you cut your leg, right? Like you want to deal, you want to tend to that right away. You don't want to let it fester. If there's something that's difficult, get it off your chest. You're going to feel so much better. I'm going to give you a little piece of advice that my granny was to say. She would say, never let the sun go down on an argument. So I'm going to take that from my granny um, because I think it's so crucial and important. And uh, if you have something that you need to get off your chest, I think that uh, you should do that, especially before the sun goes down. So next challenge up is listen first. Listening with empathy is one of the most underrated communication and leadership skills. When was the last time that you listened to understand rather than to reply? listening is such a good skill. It is such a skill that is underdeveloped, especially for me, because I'm often talking a lot. So I'm actually embarking on this big trip where I'm going to be off the grid for almost a whole week. And I think sometimes the scariest place to be is with yourself and just listening instead of talking. When you're with yourself, it is, and I, when I'm talking, like, I'm talking off the grid, like, I'm talking no Wi-Fi, like, there is no cell phone, there's nothing but just your own space. And I got to be sitting in front of an ocean, so it's not that bad. But again, I think sometimes because we're here in North America, we're evolving at a pace that is, like, we've done more development in the past hundred years than what we have historically in the past thousand. Like, we're just going at such a rapid pace. And that is great. Technology is such a wonderful thing, but sometimes it just speaks volumes to slow down. And especially when it comes to listening, I think that often we're just like, you know, abrupt and want to dive right into it. And when people feel like they're understood and people feel that you're listening to them, it's such a crucial leadership skill set. Up next, next challenge is think abundantly. You don't have to blow out the other person's light to let your own shine. Where is scarcity in your thinking impeding the best results? How difficult is it for you to share credit, praise, recognition, and power? If that, if anything, anything that speaks with that, if that affects you, then I definitely think that that can be more egotistic, where sometimes we don't even realize that. So if you are the type of person, and especially, and I'm going to use myself as an example on this, I have a design team. I am the leader of the design team. Not all of the ideas that I bring to the table 
are the ideas that we use. I often need to recognize other people on my team, even though when I'm put in many different situations where people are praising me because that's what they see the forefront. I constantly try to praise my team. And I realize that sometimes like that environment might be a little bit different, but guys, I'm not able to make this company by myself. I'm able to raise my three babies by myself. It is a village. It takes a village most days to do that. So it makes you feel better when you're recognizing and showing gratitude, showing praise for other people. It will affect your soul. It'll make you feel better. So make sure that you celebrate other people because they are helping you to be able to achieve that. And when I say that, like maybe it's just the little things. Hey, it could be the guy that's like bringing you your newspaper, the flyers. I don't know, like mailman, whatever it is, but just make sure I think gratitude goes a long way. Demonstrate humility. Humble leaders are more concerned with what is right than being right. Has your lack of humility ever limited your perspective or lessened your influence as a leader? And would you even know if it had? Again, I think it's just something that, you know, we're talking about this, talking about being humble leaders, talking about having more humility. And I think that it is the bigger person, especially when it comes to being an adult, like little kids do tend to do this where they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't realize but the adults like we sit on that. We will sit and fester on just trying to prove a point. Like my, I don't know, like my, I, I feel that, you know, maybe this is something that I don't know, just triggers like a memory in my mind where it's like, my old, my granddad, like he would sit there and argue a point with you just to prove something like humble leaders are more interested in what's right than being right. And I think that that definitely is such a powerful statement to understand that sometimes you are not always right. I'm not, I'm not a genius. I sometimes get things wrong and admitting failure and letting people, I'm going to add one more to that, especially my kids watching me. When you fail, you grow. And when you grow, you're able to sort of like, you know, move forward on the life train. So when people can watch you do that, and especially like I will, I post like all these like dorky videos of things because I was trying to do um, recently, I, I challenged myself. I wanted to do a 360 on my surfboard. It's really tricky for me. I'm not like, like if I'm the person that's on the dance floor, I'm the most uncoordinated, like just, I don't, I don't have it. So, and a lot of like 360 movements are, it's, you got to bend your knees. It's a lot on your hips. Um, I'm going to blame it maybe on my boat that wasn't able to like produce it. Just the, the conditions need to be perfect in order for you to do this. And I think when you post, and I did, I posted this video and the video showed that I was failing a lot. I failed like multiple times prior to doing it at the end and it was sort of like a little dirty towards the end but meaning that it wasn't like a clean 360 where I was able to return back into the wake I think it's so crucial for people to be able to see failure and when people can see that they understand that first of all you're a live real human being and when you're a live real human being it's like they have more that they can connect with you on a deeper level so not always being right is a huge important factor in your life, especially when it offers an opportunity for you to grow. Okay, next up is carry your own weather. Protect, proactive people carry their own weather. They choose their response based on their values, not on other people or circumstances. How would your team describe your leadership style 
when things are stormy and then when things are calm. That's been a huge thing for me too. I think that not allowing other people's situations, like your, I have, I have my, I get it. One of my coaches actually gave me a very, very good piece of advice. It's that I would often take on, cause I think that that's how we are. Like maybe it's just because I'm a mom, I would take on all of this energy from other people. So I get, you know, an email that's sort of disgruntled because maybe I'm going to give an example, maybe their shipment didn't arrive on time or it was damaged. And then that sort of sits with me for the whole day. If, or I have people that are looking for information, you know, that's not on schedule, it's not on time. And my coach had given me a really good, valuable piece of advice that was their urgency is not your emergency. Now, that's not to say that you ignore things because I, I, I don't think that that's the right, you know, sort of truth to sit in. But I do think that it's very important for you to not be affected by things that have, you know, negatively impacted your day. So meaning that, I don't know, if you're sitting on a traffic light and there's some guy that's, you know, honking behind you, <laughs> we've all been there, like, this guy, like, I'm like, the light just turned green. Like, you don't need to, you, why are you reminding me to, you know, hit the gas? Like, come on. Like, I'm just, I'm literally right here. And where are you going that you're in such a rush? It's like, not to let that affect your day, right? Not to let those negative things affect your day. And especially as you, you know, walk with pride and um, you are leading your team. So if there's something that's disgruntled that's happened to you, how does that affect your leadership style? And I would challenge, you know, to do that on a weekly basis. Is there something that has happened? Are you able to still go in there and lead intentionally and exceptionally? Next up is inspire trust. Be a light, not a judge, be a model and not a critic. Think of a person who had confidence in you. Reflect on its ongoing impact and will you have the same impact on your team members? So Again, I think that when people are confident, I think that when people inspire other people, and especially when, you know, if you're using all of these different, you know, challenges and blocks, I think that it really, really speaks volumes to being an intentional and effective leader. And I think a lot of people start to look up to that. I know that once you model that behavior, especially I see it a lot in my kids, my kids will model it back. So it might not happen overnight, but it does eventually happen. And I do think that people especially in the world, I'm a big believer that they do want to live in their true life legend. So you just need to provide more teaching opportunities to be able to show that to people. Okay, so next up is make and make and this is such a good one. Make and keep commitments. I have, this drives me crazy. When you make a commitment, you build hope. When you keep it, you build trust. Are you damaging your credibility through too many unfulfilled commitments? Are you a serial over committer? Big one for me. I was a definitely a serial over committer. I was on the board for hockey. I was helping out. I was doing, you know, helping out with pancakes at the school. I was, you know, trying to run a couple of businesses. I'm all over the freaking place. And I honestly, guys, the biggest thing that I can, adv- biggest piece of advice that I can give to you is make a big drop list, sit there, go through it. And drop the things that no longer bring you joy. So do not do things that do not bring you joy. And I go through my calendar once a year. I I go through my calendar, even just in review, for once a month. I, I no longer have time to sit on boards for my kids. So that means that if my kids need to have volunteers, 
my parents are able to do things, but I am not. I cannot, I don't have time in my schedule to be able to do that. And that might affect other people in a negative way. That's just where I am in my life right now. I'm recently a single mom. I have three kids. I have to lead people in my team and I have to pick and choose the things that I'm really freaking good at that I really, really want to be proactive. Will there be a time that I can volunteer? Absolutely. I look forward to retirement and being able to volunteer aggressively, but it's not a time in my life right now that I'm able to bring those things. So making sure that I'm keeping my commitments um, is really, really important and crucial to me. And I, I, I did a big goof up this year. I had a really great friend that I was a coworker um, that I work with and I had committed and challenged her to coming out and doing something with me at an event and I did not put it in my calendar. Anyways, lo and behold, we get to the time and I did not show up for this appointment and it was for my own fault because I didn't put it in my calendar and I'm such a geek when it comes to this because if it's not in my calendar I'm just my brain is so triggered to like look what am I doing for the day and I I didn't I totally gapped man I felt bad I felt so bad for not being able to show up especially in that moment and she was really frustrated with me and rightfully so because I committed to something and I wasn't able to do that and I felt terrible for that and it's probably the one thing that I've done you know probably all year and I'm such a big advocate when it speaks volumes to like put it into your calendar and all that stuff so it's so important to make sure that you are not over committing yourself it's so important to make sure that you are in a place where you can control your calendar and start getting good with cutting the things out that no longer bring you joy because that's what I do and I'm uh, so much more of a happier person because of it okay so next up is declare your intent The moment there is suspicion about a person's motive, everything he does becomes tainted. Have you you ever had incorrect intent ascribed to your actions? And why did that happen? So I think, again, that just for me, I'm a big person with the alchemist, I think being a life legend. So I think that when you are a true person and you can, you know, you really understand what your motives are for. I think that that will transition obviously into honest and truth and all of that stuff, but you want to make sure that your goals, your values are all from, for the same, you know, good reasons. So truly ask yourself, I don't, it's not something that I, I don't, I don't normally struggle with something that, especially with like with that. I always try to make sure that everybody understands, you know, what the purpose is for And what we're truly trying to achieve here, especially when we take on new projects and roles and things like that. So it's something probably I would speak more with my kids, especially if there's something that there's like those little white lies that they sort of tell you to get things done. So I want to make sure, but um, it's not something that I feel like I really struggle with personally. I think it's just my personality because I've just been raised in an environment where it's like, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. Make sure that you're a like good person with doing it. And I'm probably like the most honest person. So, but I do feel that like, especially when I'm trying to be an effective leader for me, making sure that, you know, I, I do, I'll have people that will sort of like white, white, white sort of fib things started to get through and fumble. And it's just like, man, you messed up. It's okay. Like people are so scared, scared of the failure, like just admit it, move on. Let's not do it again. And and here we go. So making sure that your intent is in good shape. Okay. So next up is place the right people in the right roles. Ooh, so good. 
Teams realize exponential results when individuals' talents and passions are perfectly collided with their roles. How many people are on your team and are in the right role? And do you need to make adjustments? That's so good. I think, again, it speaks with, you know, letting people's light shine. If you have team members that are not in the right role, I think that, uh, and that, it, again, it could be something that's work-related. It could be something that is related to my kids. Not all of my kids love doing certain chores. So I spoke about this during the last podcast where I'll use it to my advantage because I know that each, I have three kids and all of my kids are wired completely differently. So they're motivated for rewards differently. And I definitely have noticed that and I'll use it to my advantage. So each of them, I have to have individual conversations. And if I think about it, just like I do at work, individual conversations. So I do think that there are certain people that fit better into certain roles. And I think that that is being a good observer having open conversations with your staff, making sure that, you know, you understand what their likes and dislikes are and sitting down. I mean, I don't know if we do it on a weekly basis, but probably on a monthly basis, just to go over if there's anything that's up and, you know, bothering anybody. So it's, it's a, it's a very good challenge to take on. Okay. So next up is model work life balance. Leaders are encouraged, leaders encourage others to have a life by leading one themselves if paparazzi had followed you for the last week, would you? they have seen balance of different activities of work and outside of work. And what was the impact? I think that that's so crucial. I think that I feel sometimes a little bit where it's like I'm working a lot and I've put a lot of strict hours. So I get up at five o'clock in the morning. A lot of people don't realize that I'm working until, you know, my kids get up. I don't take calls when my kids are up. So if you call me between 7.30 and 8.30 in the morning, I won't answer it because it's the time for my kids. You can call me at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) You can call me at nine o'clock in the morning. But during that time, so there are certain rules that I have that are in place because I want to make sure that I can show up and be a good parent or maybe there's something that I'm in a meeting or, or, or so forth. I definitely have made sure over the past couple of years that you know, not saying no to the things that bring me joy. So that means at, you know, 4.35, sometimes five o'clock at work, it's, I shut it off. It's done. Whatever I was, be, whatever I was able to get done for the day, that's what I'm able to get done for the day. And then I head over to the gym and I do, um, you know, things that make me happy over there. Now, it's not to say that if there was an emergency, I wouldn't pop in, but I honestly don't feel for me personally, if I'm up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm working till five o'clock at night, that is 12 hours worth of work. I don't feel that I'm able to produce the same results of from six to nine o'clock at night. It also affects my sleep. I get really grouchy. I don't really like answering emails and it's so it's negatively impacted me. I've noticed that. I've addressed it and I've fixed it. So I am the person where I won't answer an email. I won't even, I don't even tend to open them up after I will work on other things. I'm still working on reading. I'm meditating. Like there's all different things that I do. I just don't do the things that are going to trigger like any anxiety or, you know, stuff that is not putting me into um, a state where I'm like going to be able to have a great night's sleep. So I think it's really, really important. I also would argue too that that's so important for your kids to see, especially when, you know, 
you are very, very busy, but you're still able to come home and enjoy a meal with them. And again, I spoke about this during the last podcast. We're super busy with our schedules, our kids. They're all over the place. We've got active kids that are in sports. And I think that when you're doing a great job mentoring that, and maybe, I don't know, like in a couple of years when this is all sort of like, you know, calming down, will they look back and I hope that they'll see that we were as parents working really hard to be able to support them in their dreams. So last challenge is make time for relationships with people. Slow is fast and fast is slow. When was the last time you connected with somebody by slowing down and being fully present? I think that that sort of wraps it up, especially with, you know, being such a busy person, busy mom, it's important for me to be able to individualize time with my kids and just slow down and take those moments. Those moments might not be many, right? Because we are so busy with our schedules, but they're intentional when they are. Maybe that speaks for your spouse or your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is. Make sure that you make time. And I think that that's so critical for successful relationships, especially when it comes to relationships with you know, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. I think that when you make time for one another, especially when you're parents, especially with parents, I think, because we get so busy, we get so hectic, like there's so many great things. And, you know, maybe we'll do a podcast on this for great relationship advice. But I think that it really makes a difference when you you know, plan. And I, maybe that's geeky, but like when you're busy, you got to schedule stuff in. And if that's something that's like a date night or whatever that is, or if it's a trip or, you know, it's again, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And if you can do a great job with that, I think that you'll have a really successful relationship. I think when people feel like they're appreciated and they're loved and they're understood, it makes for a deeper connection. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed these challenges. I'm going to definitely post it up on our website. So you can take note of them all, but hopefully they love them. And there's something, these little cue cards that I have, they are cards that I read honestly on a weekly basis. Um, and I think that they have definitely been very successful in my life in implementing all of these different leadership styles and challenging me too, because, you know, sometimes we all feel that we're doing such a great job and you're like, oh man, but I could just do this, tweak it. And maybe that's something. And I think ultimately, you know, it all helps us all to become better human beings on planet earth here. And that is what we're looking for. So enjoy guys. And we'll talk to you on the next podcast. Thank you guys for listening to this episode on the Creative Influencer Show. I hope you have gained some inspiration today and you have left with your heart and your mind a little bit more full. I love using this platform to chat, inspire, and discuss everything that lights my heart on fire. Guys, we're a small business, so every like, DM, and subscribe makes a difference and it keeps us going. And we read every single one of them seriously. So make sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social. Join the mail list and receive 15% off your first online purchase or better yet, subscribe to the Love Your Home boxes now offered seasonally to keep your home looking fresh and on style. If you love what you heard, guys, please subscribe and share it with two friends. Spread the word of this new and exciting podcast and remember to love your home. Until next time, RB Tribe, be kind to one another and remember to be inspired and love your home.